You're listening to the HTE Podcast by New Life Global Ministries, the podcast for everyday disciples that want to make a difference here, there, and everywhere. Hello, everyone. This is Stephen, and on this episode, we're looking at how to be on mission in the workplace. Now, don't let the title fool you. This isn't only for those in the workplace, but really for anyone who's in the world, which is all of you. I understand for the majority of you listening, your life doesn't consist of you traveling around the world and proclaiming the gospel. It may not even be the reality for you in your neighborhood or local community, though I hope that it is. But statistically speaking, anywhere from 90 to 98% of professing Christians never share their faith. And as a ministry, we tackle why that is, but I bring it up because you who are listening right now, that may be you. So what needs to change? Do you need to drop all that you're doing and live in another country? For some, that may be where the Lord is leading you. However, you may be exactly where God wants you, in the classroom, in the courtroom, at the office, at the store. Why? Because that's where the lost are. See, for the majority of us, our harvest fields are in our home. It's on the college campus. It's at the shop. And yes, perhaps even in our churches. Looking through the Gospels, five of the twelve disciples were all called while on the job. Peter, Andrew, James, John were all called while fishing in Luke 7, 1-11. And Matthew, also known as Levi, was called out of his tax booth in Luke 5, 27-28. If Jesus called people out in the workplace to follow him, why don't we? Well, there's a number of reasons, including spiritual warfare and fear being some of those big reasons. But I feel like we've compartmentalized our quote-unquote nine-to-fives from our faith. When we clock in, we clock out as Christians. We truly haven't left everything to follow Him. Another thing I've seen is we've boiled down our evangelism to simply inviting others to church. And this breaks my heart. We've traded our ambassadorship to play spectators, hoping that the pastor, paid staff, and missionaries will do the work of sharing the gospel and discipling others. But this isn't biblical. According to 2 Corinthians 5, 18-20, we've all been given a ministry. So yes, if you are a follower of Jesus and you've been indwelt with the Holy Spirit, you have a ministry. And you've been given a message of reconciliation, which is the gospel. 1 Peter 2, 9 states that we are a royal priesthood, that we are all priests. So this is an identity issue. We've forgotten who we are. Which leads me into the trap that I want to address. What is this trap? Well, it's a question, and we've all heard it asked to us, and we've all asked it to someone else when meeting them for the first time, and it's, what do you do? I call it a trap because we identify ourselves with what we do rather than who we are. When answering, we give into a worldly citizenship rather than living out our heavenly citizenship. What do I mean? Well, we confide ourselves into a box. We say, I'm a lawyer, a doctor, I'm a teacher, a realtor, a photographer, counselor, etc., while failing to acknowledge our full-time commitment to following Jesus as his disciple. So the real question for you is, will you be defined by who you are or what you do? Practically, there's two ways we can flip the script. One, we can just flat out say, I'm a follower of Jesus. When someone asks, what do you do? I'm a follower of Jesus who teaches at so-and-so. I'm a follower of Jesus, and I own a restaurant at so-and-so. 
you get the picture. Now, there's another way, and this is more creative, so you uh, creative minds might like this one, but it's incorporating who we are into what we do. So, for example, I heard this pilot who's a Christian, and he um, said, I help people reach their destination both physically and spiritually. So it's both specific and vague enough, and it leaves room for conversations, questions. Uh, there's a guy, a disciple named Jojo, and he works with metal. He's a forger, so makes knives, swords, all kinds of things. And I think a great one for him would be, I'm Jojo, and I forge metal as well as souls. Um, so those are just some examples there. I'm not as creative enough to come up with one for every profession. I'll leave that to you and where you're at. But I hope already you're feeling challenged and encouraged. So what does this really look like in the workplace or classroom or wherever you're at? First and foremost, we must remain steadfast in prayer and in God's word. We can do nothing apart from him, as John 15 puts it. So if you haven't already, begin praying for those you're close to in relation or proximity but are far from God. A simple way of doing this is to start with 10 people you know and commit 10 minutes a day praying for their souls, asking the Lord to provide an opportunity for them to hear the gospel through you or someone else. And watch what God does and be ready when he provides that opportunity. Now, this is where things get real. And what I say next uh, may sound obvious, but we must care. The two extremes I've seen play out is one being that we care so little that it manifests itself into self-righteousness. That we take God's command to be holy by literally separating ourselves from those who are lost entirely. This looks like leaving a secular environment to surround ourselves with others who claim to believe in Jesus. For me personally, I left a secular work environment to work in a church. I went from being surrounded by people who profess to be atheist, agnostic, to being surrounded daily with people who walk with the Lord. Now, I'm not saying that working in a church is wrong by any means. Uh, we're called to serve the body, and there's those that are called to be teaching elders. But what I'm trying to say is that we can try and escape from an uncomfortable environment by going somewhere where we don't really have to share our faith. It took me a few years, but then I realized that my desire, my calling was to actually reach people outside of the walls of a church, to go to those who would never, ever step foot in church, no matter how many times you invite them and give them Jesus. Now, on the other end, we may be such great friends with unbelievers that we affirm or even partake in their sin. We must be like Jesus, who spent time among sinners, yet was holy. So, if you're taking notes, this is where it's just straight shot right here. A great and simple way that you can show you care is simply by asking someone how you can pray for them. Imagine what that would look like if there's this guy, uh, Jim, that I work with, and I say, hey, Jim, um, how you doing today? And go back and forth. Uh, I just want to confess, I've dropped the ball. I am a follower of Jesus, and I've yet to ask how I can be praying for you. So is there anything I could be praying for? Imagine what they feel, that they have someone, they may never have anyone that's ever asked them to pray, but they'll have someone there that just opens that door and wants to hear from them. And that we actually show them that we care. Um, as they give their request, we're not just getting that to have a request, but asking follow-up questions as well. And if they say, 
Jim says, my mother is sick. Well, what's wrong? How long will she be in the hospital? And is there anything I can do to help? Going the extra mile, treating our coworkers as actual image bearers. And then we want to pray with them right then and there. A short, simple, yet powerful prayer giving those needs to the Father. And make sure that you follow up with these requests. And after praying, we want to ask if they're free to grab coffee or meal together. Don't leave without nailing down a date. Life can be crazy, and if we simply agree to get together without making plans, weeks, months even, will fly by, and we all know how that is. So this here, when we're having coffee or sharing a meal together, that's when we can dive deeper. We can dive deeper into life. We can share our testimony. We can learn more about them. And this is where we want to strike up a gospel conversation. And we want to share the gospel with them. Work environments can be weird. Um, they might have strict rules about religion or politics. I hear that a lot. Um, but uh, also, they might not be too keen on you having long conversations with uh, your coworkers. So this is a great uh, time to kind of get out of the work environment, um, more relaxed, more personal, intimate, and have a gospel conversation. Allow the spirit to lead in that, and then we respond according to the responses. If they are red light, meaning they don't want Jesus, they don't care for him, uh, we stop and pray for them. Uh, just because they're a red light today doesn't mean they're a red light tomorrow. If they're a yellow light, meaning that they have some questions or some things they need to work out, uh, we want to continue to try and meet with them, invite them into our lives, uh, go shopping with them, go bowling with them, um, invite them over to our house, start living life together, and share stories of hope whenever we're together. Taking them to the scriptures and seeing people who encountered Jesus and were forever transformed. And if they're a green light, they want to surrender their lives to Jesus, we want to lead them to the throne, and we want to begin to disciple them, not hand them off to a, a pastor or a missionary, but to take on that responsibility ourselves. And I'm convinced that if we win people to Jesus, you won't stop them from going to the church. So let the Holy Spirit move them and work in them through that. I've realized I've said a lot. Uh, so to summarize, um, here are the three things to do with those in the workplace or in a secular environment. Care, prayer, and share. We care for them, truly caring for them as uh, children of God Almighty. And ways that we demonstrate how we care is through prayer, praying uh, for them and also praying with them. And then we want to share the good news. If we truly believe that Jesus is the best thing in the world and that he's the best thing that's ever happened to us personally, why would we want to withhold him from anyone? So that's what I have. <laughs> um, that's all for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. I truly hope that you're encouraged and even feel equipped to be the light and the darkness, to live on mission right where you're at. I encourage you, if, if you haven't already, to uh, subscribe to our podcast and also uh, hit a no notification bell so that you get all the episodes that's to come out. Um, feel free to look at some of our resources on YouTube. 
it should be go NLGM uh, and you can type in training as well or go to our website go NLGM.org um, and click on resources and we'll have uh, different videos of um, how you can share the gospel through uh, different methods and tools and how you can truly disciple another person so I hope this blesses you encourages you may God bless you and keep you thank you Thanks for listening to the HTE Podcast by New Life Global Ministries. NLGM exists to help followers of Christ follow Christ here, there, and everywhere. If you would like more information or some resources to help you be a multiplying disciple maker, please visit our website, go nlgm.org.